Barry Maguire, welcome to the Social Circle Podcast. How are you doing? What's the crack? I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm honored to have you here. You're one of the the top uh the top performers in the social circle. Like when you joined the course, it was just it was crazy. It was crazy <laughs> how much you blew up. But before we even get to that, give the people a bit of a, a backstory about who you are, what you do, how you got into your job and socials and things like that. Um I'm an online coach, shocker. <laughs> boring um, <laughs> yeah um i know there's some online coach as well or there's some people that aren't online coach in the social circle so maybe people wouldn't have assumed that yeah. um but yeah i started like uh four years ago i was qualified pt and it took me two years to actually like get work i was pissing about in like basically i was working at a trampoline uh not factory trampoline you know the place where you bring kids and you're like to bring them for birthday parties yeah yeah like, park. Park, that's, yeah. that's what it's called yeah. um Two years in, then I started getting jobs in gyms. I did an internship where I earned no money and then didn't work in the gym. It's a bit of a waste of time. Yeah. Um, I was cleaning gyms. I was like the gym instructor that didn't really do PT. Then I kind of transitioned into PT. And that was at the start of, I think, 2019. Was it four years ago? So eh, would have been roughly, two, roughly 2019. Um, my maths is my maths up. My brain is just fried from all the work. But yeah. Started then in the gym floor, COVID hit, fucked everything up. I was making about one grand a month, just over one grand a month. And it was about to go to like two grand once it became proper full-time. I thought that was like the best thing ever. I was like, oh, Baller. mom told me I, I couldn't like do PT full-time. It wasn't possible. It just the market wasn't there. People weren't willing to pay for it. And I was like, haha, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, then COVID hit and that didn't happen. So it was like two months maybe of just... No, it wasn't two months. It was three weeks of just depression that my dreams were just crushed. And then I was like, no, hold on. I can do this online coaching crack. Um, I've seen some some people I follow doing really well with the online coaching crack. So I was like, right, I'm going to give it a proper shot. So things started to pick up with that. I did my first business course. It was called, some people might know this, some people might not. It's around by a guy called Suck Silu. Uh, OFB, online fitness business, is just known as OFB. Paid about just under three grand for that probably closer to two grand actually um and within the first two months of doing that it's the first time i ever invested in like help for the business like proper business help within two months then i scaled up to make about like two three grand a month consistently with the online coaching mm -hmm. working with like 30 to 40 people and i got to the point then a year after that where i kind of went, I, I think i had one 8k month after a while i was working like 43 people i was like this is the best thing ever but it's very overworked there's a lot of check-ins wasn't as enjoyable anymore definitely not much time for content um and then things leveled out again to the point where this year actually i had one of my worst business years like early on in the summer contrarily like or in contrast then this is also my best year which is just mad yeah to believe yeah. the yeah. circle like boosted that quite a bit um and uh that's that's pretty much it it's a very disjointed story but you, you kind of get the idea i yeah, had my yeah. ups and downs yeah pe people often ask me as well like when i'm posting results especially like the likes of you and patty and other people like oh yeah they're growing a following but like is it is their business growing i'm like obviously their business is growing they're literally <laughs> having an influx of people coming in that are going to be interested in their coaching but see in terms of that even before we get to the four years of posting without even seeing any major growth the two years without making any money like most people especially i think 
people are almost spoiled when they see the results that I post and see how fast I've done things. They don't understand that for most people, it's not going to happen that fast. Like I think for everyone, as long as they have value in their content, eventually they're going to get their breakthrough. And for some, it can come quicker than others. But say if you're just starting off, you literally have never posted content, never done anything. You're not going to be a fucking owning a six-figure business within a, within a few months. And it might take you a year to even get off the ground. So how was that first two years and what, what motivated you to keep going when, when you literally weren't making a penny? Um, I, I liked content. I like making content and I like coaching almost equally. Like there's a lot of coaches out there that are like, oh, I don't like this post on social media crack. It's like, you should probably just shouldn't be an online coach to be honest. Cause you're yeah. gonna have to do a lot more of it to sustain your business. Um, I really enjoyed that. Now the content wasn't like hitting, it wasn't like getting that much engagement, but the engagement it was getting was good. I went into a lot of detail. I had experience with video editing when I was like 15, 16. I used to edit like little parkour videos when I was younger, mm. put them yeah. together. They're still <laughs> hanging around on YouTube somewhere. If you search Barry Maguire parkour, it's a whole treasure trove there for you. <laughs> but uh, I had a lot of experience from that and I kind of use that to edit videos. I used to spend nearly sometimes two hours on a video and it was posting like once a week for a year. Then I was like three to five times a week and I started scheduling them and things like that. And it gradually improved. Um, never paid for any help with it though that was probably the single single biggest mistake i made that's why it took so fucking long is that i was just trying to do it all on my own and things were gradually improving but it was snail's pace luckily yeah. i'm someone that just doesn't throw in the towel even if things are going shit. Mm -hmm. so i kind of held it and the experience stood to me like i was completely okay with the workload of doing a lot of content but i just i was just doing things wrong yeah. And I think you touched on a good point there is you genuinely enjoyed making content. You enjoy coaching. You enjoyed it all. Whereas I feel like oftentimes people get into it because they just want to make as much money as possible, as quick as possible, but they don't realize that the only way that you're actually going to make money and grow a successful business is by providing people with value. So if you don't have something that you genuinely would do for free every single day without getting anything in return, you're not going to grow a successful business from it. And you're not going to grow a massive following because people see through that. I feel like people are far too quick to jump the gun. Oh, they've just started posting socials and the majority of their posts are just trying to get new clients. It's like, that's not, you need to build an audience first that actually knows you and trust you as, as opposed to um as opposed to just trying to sell them all the time it's like sell 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 selling is not the best way to make money and that sounds ridiculous but providing free value to build that trust and build that authority and there's a time and place for selling but say if it's every single post you're just trying to sell something it's all like why would people buy off you because say every person that i've bought off and i've talked about this in the last podcast with evan it's someone that gave me free value first and i actually knew them got to know their personality and then eventually bought off them from there so that that's advice for any coach just starting is like do you actually enjoy coaching like do you enjoy fitness because a lot of people are all like they they think that they want to be a pt because because the lifestyle but they don't actually like helping people and see you, you will get found out if you're like that because people can see through you and obviously making money and stuff like that is part of it. But if you are not intrinsically motivated by actually wanting to help people, you're not going to get anywhere. So even after you started making decent coin, it was still another two years. And what, what sort of following were you at in socials? Were you even on TikTok or anything like that? I was, I think I was on TikTok, but I just played with it. Like, um, yeah. I just gave it a nudge, probably like five videos on it. Um, I thought like, ah, oh, it's just too much to learn. So I left it up. Like, it's not like, it's just everyone has short attention spam. It's not going to be good for growing a business. Like I basically said, fuck it. Mm -hmm. And I came to those beliefs based off fuck all evidence. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really dig into it. I didn't really check to see if there was any other coaches doing well. And if there was perchance someone doing well on TikTok, I threw it off as 
oh, that's not going to help the business because it's on TikTok. Yeah. Um, just to put it out there, that is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so tempting to say, it's, oh, it's not going to help your business, but really it's just an excuse for you to not put in the work on a platform you maybe don't like as much as Instagram. Um, but yeah, to answer that initial question, sorry, for two years, I was stuck around 2,800 followers. I remember that being the number, like literally just hovering above and below that, gaining five followers, losing five followers, gaining five, losing five. Um, I never refreshed my feed because things were like going at that slow of a rate. I know it can sometimes be a bad thing if you're refreshing too much, but it got yeah. to the point where it's just, I stopped trying because mm-hmm. I felt like it was completely out of my control. There's nothing I can do. And all I can do is work with the followers I have. Um, and obviously it's not ideal for business because you don't need that many followers actually like grow a decent online business, but you do need to be growing. You do need to be getting in new people. You need to be reaching more people and you do need like a couple thousand, like over 5,000 is very beneficial. I had consistently had like 2,800. It probably wasn't enough for like long-term sustainability in terms of having a business. <laughs> what was your approach of getting clients when you had uh, that little followers? Because that, that's something that I always say to people is you, you actually don't need a lot of followers to build a six-figure business, to build a successful business. But fuck me, it's a lot easier because your clients are flooding to you way more. You have an application form up, a few viral videos and they're coming in and then it gets to this stage where you can actually pick and choose like, oh, I think that person will be a good fit. That person has literally said they're like 14 on their application form, obviously not going to book a call with them. So you've got way more options when you've got more people coming in. But say at that stage, it like, there's going to be a lot of coaches listening to this that don't have uh, a big following. And even though, yes, it's important to try and build that and try and get more people in, what can they do at the start to build a business without that massive following? For people that don't have a big following, you have to get really good at lead gen and partially good at sales anyways. But to be honest, if you enjoy coaching and if you're able to tell people why your service is good, you're technically, you're good. You're as good as you need to be. Like they've already booked the application for them. Uh, you need to get really good at something called lead gen. That basically means lead generation. So you have maybe, let's say you're you're old me and you have 2,800 followers. That's not 2,800 people that will buy from you. It might be it might be like 600 potential people that will buy from you, which is more than enough. It's mm-hmm. way more than enough if you're an online coach. Now, out of those 600, you actually have to find out the people that need your help. And that's where the hard work comes in. This is what I was really shit at in the beginning. So you have a set amount of followers it's completely reasonable to assume that the people that hit the follow button and watch your content actually do need help with their goals. Otherwise, why would they be following you unless you're posting a lot of dog videos? So make sure your content's specific. Yeah. Um, and then you basically have to find those people. So it's a case of having uh, ways of people to engage with your stories, question boxes, polls, uh, literally popping up to people and saying like, oh, thanks, thanks for the follow. Um, thanks for a comment on my post. Is there anything you need help with? And then you'll find out who those people are so if you make a habit, put this in your work day, like, I don't know, an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening, where you actually go out of your way to discover these people. If someone says, oh, no, I'm good, thanks, just, just enjoy the content, just move on to the next person. They yeah. might pop up to you later because you've, you've built their trust now. You've, they've, they trust you more. They decide that when they do need help, they will reach out to you and you can mention it to them. But yeah. there is definitely people that follow you right now. If you have a follower of like at least a thousand that probably do need help yeah. and people are literally too shy that like they, mm-hmm. they don't know that you've a link in your bio you probably put it in your story once a week but they will forget mm-hmm. <laughs> you know 
Yeah, yeah. I, no, I was saying the same thing yesterday. But see the the building the following them when clients come to you. I think it's it's much more enjoyable. See the whole the cult reaching out to people and things like that, or even not cult. Like if they're following you, saying, "Oh, thanks for the follow." Does that get fucking annoying after a while having to do that, even though it could be a necessary evil at the start? And would you say? What what would your mindset be around that? Because I think that a lot of people are doing that with expectations that everyone's going to jump on a call. Would you say it's a case of actually reaching out and being genuine, expecting nothing in return, and then you might get them on a call? Or are you trying to get every single person on a call? You're definitely not trying to get every single person on a call. Uh, you have to think about it from a mindset of you can reach out and be genuine to people, and that's a good thing to do as like aside from this, but you should also have hours dedicated towards finding those people. Mm -hmm. uh, for people that want to ask genuine like questions, you know, answer them, try and be informative. For, for some people that look like they're genuinely struggling, you would be better off trying to get them on a call and talk to them about how the coaching could help them if that's something they can afford, mm -hmm. as opposed to answering their question, because you tell them how they're going to track their meat properly, they're going to go off and do it for the week and they're going to fall off track again because you haven't actually solved the problem. Yeah. So some people will really benefit from actually working with you. It can get a bit tedious after a while because it's a situation of you might send out 50 messages and you might get replies to 10 if you don't have that much of a following and one person might be interested in your service and you're like, oh, that was 50 messages. But that's like, it's a numbers game at the end of the day in the same way that content is a numbers game. You have to post a certain amount of content for one to go viral. Yeah. You shouldn't expect every video to go viral. In the mm -hmm. same way, you shouldn't expect a... Uh, a sign up from every single person you message like it's mm -hmm. it's way beyond that it's not even going to be close yeah. to that. that that's what i that i said too it isn't a numbers game and at the end of the day everyone has their number as i talk about in the course as well and it's the same with messaging people it could be one in 20 or one in 50 but for me personally i just i never wanted to do it because it would just melt me completely i always think it's better just building the following and then having people come to you but i can understand this why i wanted to get you on with your viewpoint because I was almost lucky in the fact that I ha I built this following almost instantly straight away and never had to do this stuff. But I understand there is some coaches listening like, oh, Sean's telling me not to, to cold message people, not to reach out to people, but I'm not getting any clients. And in this case, I'm like, right, this is how we do it. This is the way to do it. It's not like a, a thing where you're just expecting people to just jump on a call straight away. You need to actually be genuine and you need to help them and answer their questions. And if you spend... 10 15 minutes answering someone's question and then they don't want to hop on a call you can't be pissed off with them about that because that yeah. wasn't the it was a case of you were reaching out and saying thanks for the follow if you need any help and then if people want to work with you they will so i, I think it's good to get your uh viewpoint in that because i would probably give a different viewpoint previously that i don't cold message people but i do think if you don't have that following at the start and you're trying to fucking you know leave your nine to five job or get something that could be something that you have to do as well as that i think polls firing up polls and then asking if people are actually interested in coaching and then messaging off the back of that um could be useful see before we get more into business i want to cover i want to i want to cover socials firstly so one thing that you uh you do quite well is you get your personality across on camera and you do that very very well and this is something that most people struggle with so see the whole getting your personality across does that come naturally or was that literally through four years of posting that you were shit at the start, gradually got a bit better, a bit better, a bit better. It absolutely did not come naturally to me. Um, that's, wait, that's why I freaked out at the start. Like, because <laughs> when you joined the course, I didn't know you'd been posting for four years and I seen your content. I was like, holy shit, this guy's a natural, but it, was, it wasn't just like a natural thing. It was, yeah. Yeah. So I've been in the, well, I've been in the social circle for like a couple of months now, like four months, five months, probably, probably something like that. Um, and I've been posting for four years. I have over a thousand posts on my Instagram. Every single one of those posts I put in 
probably an average of an hour into them. So that's mm-hmm. over a thousand hours. Um, the people sometimes that message me, it's like, oh, how do you get good at doing this? How do you get good at personality? And I look at their post number and it's like 300. I'm like, you honestly, you might just need more hours on camera. Mm-hmm. You see it with everyone. They're like, oh, how do I get more personality on camera? And sometimes the question kind of goes unanswered and you see them post more and more and they begin to change. They begin to get better. They begin to adapt. Like if you're not growing, like you should be changing. So if your videos aren't doing well, you should be kind of learning from it. Mm-hmm. Like if a couple of them aren't doing well, but it is something that's just learned over time. I think part of it is that you need to be, get completely okay with like facing a camera, you know, in the eye and talking on it. And that can take a while to get past. Mm-hmm. Another part of it is like learning how to be yourself. And that can be, that's not just how you talk to the camera. It's also the type of content you make. Some mm-hmm. content is just not me, like very kind of straight to the point recipe videos that are actually like good. Mm-hmm. That's probably not me because I'm a bit of a shit cook. Uh, making them something that people will laugh at. That's a lot more me. Yeah. Bringing like stuff, like weird sayings and stuff that I grew up with at home, like go outside and play with the traffic, you prick. Mm-hmm. That's me because that's yeah, kind of yeah. what I grew up with. An example of someone who did that very well straight off the bat is Protein Boar himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. He held nothing back in terms of his personality. And like you can bring an element of uniqueness there to it that people probably haven't seen before because of your unique upbringing, your situation. And bringing all those things into the video is important because then they go, okay, this person is now not trying to sell to me. They're now being themselves. They're not a robot. They're a human. That builds trust. That they actually increases the chance that people will actually sign up to your services, but increase the chance that they will watch more of your content and follow you as well, because you're, you're different, you're genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't be pretend like a lot of people will see your videos or parties and then they'll try and use the same punchlines and do it the exact same way. And it's like, that doesn't work. It needs to be your own personality, your own humor, what you find funny. And then trying to put that out to people, but see as well as that, when you get into the nuance of it, see, even if you're trying to tell a joke or be funny or get your personality across, see at the start, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like you have this idea in your head and you're like, oh, that'll be a cracker uh, hook. And then I'll say this joke. And then you say it on camera and it's so unnatural because you just haven't built that adequate and that confidence to get your point across well on camera yet. And then some people do this and they're like, oh, I seen Barry's video and he's so humorous and I'm funny. Like, but when I try and be funny in my videos, it just, it doesn't work, but they don't understand like Barry has thousands of hours here and it will take you maybe 500, 600, 700 up to a thousand hours to start really getting your personality across. And it's about showing up every single day. And then it falls, feeds into as well. You need to be enjoying your, your content. See if you're just posting uh, uh, other people's content and copying their content because you think it'll do well, you're not actually enjoying doing that. You don't feel good about doing that. So you need to get your personality across, but understand that it's not going to be put across straight away and it's going to take repetition and repetition. And there's no quick fix for that. It's like, that's why I said to people like, people always ask me, oh, if I join the social circle, how long before I have 100,000 followers? I'm like, (laughs) this is not a get rich quick scheme. This is a, if you have value, I can help your content get seen by more people, but I can give you all the tips and tricks in the book and all the secrets and the blueprint and things like that. But if you don't have the adequate on camera yet and you don't have the confidence and you don't have the value, it's not going to just magically go viral. But however, if there is people that have built that and especially someone like yourself, four years of uh, posting content, 
you were able to hit 100,000 after like a few weeks. So it's just like people need to understand it's 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 playing the long game here with content. No one's good uh, straight away. See, see, in terms of podcasts, like I'm still not amusing a podcast, but go listen to my first Sean Casey Fitness podcast. I was just like, I swear a lot in my content, but I was swearing every sentence just because I thought I had to to try and make it like uh, relatable or something. And it, w- it was atrocious. Like it was so, so bad. Like, so go listen to that and then just gradually listen to, to the episodes as they go they just get better and better so it's not a case of oh you're this confident person or are you're good at speaking it's like how many times have you done it how many times have you been shit at it and your willingness to be shit will determine how good you eventually be but most people just aren't willing to go through that period at the start especially the period where they're not making any money they're not nothing's going well like look at you you spent two years posting and didn't make any money and then you spent another two years yes making a decent income but not growing any following see in today's day and age especially with the the results and stuff that i'm posting i feel like most people wouldn't be willing to do that and don't get me wrong i'm sure after like a couple of years if you had had better information you would have grew faster but at the start it was a case of like you need to build that adequate on camera see in terms of um practical advice again because i'm sure there's a lot of people posting uh, on social media and their their videos aren't doing well what are what is one of the main mistakes uh, that you think people are making is it like too general is it not specific enough like what what are what are people doing wrong and what what should people avoid um i actually have two things one of them is short and one of them i was kind of talking to you about before the podcast and one of them is just with the the video i edit inside of this side of things it's because i've watched friends and people i know make content and i realize a lot of people do this is they don't fully grasp how to use kind of the power of video editing when recording content mm-hmm. like it's not actually natural talking to a camera and you shouldn't really be attempting to do a lot of things in one take unless it's you or it's part of like the video or something like that you should completely embrace fucking up your sentences and maybe say the same thing four or five times until you get one that works and when you go back and edit them use that one if you kind of remember that throughout the talking process it takes away the pressure of you having to get things absolutely perfect because you can just do it again you're right there at home in your room. You, I know you feel the pressure. You have to get this right. Fuck, fuck. What if I get it wrong? But you can try it unlimited fucking times in different ways. And remembering that is like a really good thing. The second mm-hmm. part is people keep, people don't seem to be able to understand this idea of a hook that well, basically something that warrants people to stop scrolling and actually watch your video. Um, and that it's the percentage of, people that watch a certain percentage of your video that causes it to get boosts basically that get that makes the algorithm push it and it's both of those factors that are important so you don't want to be just catching people's attention because if you're making videos about fat loss and your hook is like this is going to blow your mind and that's all it is it's very vague a lot of people will stop but a very small percentage of people only the percentage of people that are actually interested in fat loss will watch the video so now you've all these people stopped on the video and scrolling, which isn't helping your reach because they don't care about fat loss because you haven't made it clear that the video is out about fat loss like from the beginning. That's a very generic example. Okay, so you need to be spe- you need to be specific in who you call out in the first two seconds, probably less of the video, to make sure that the right people are stopping on your video, and then within it, they need to be engaged to be actually watch the whole watch the whole video. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense the way I said it? Yes, yes, I I, I agree. And just going back to your your first point. One thing that I don't at the start is I would firstly I would try and do them all in one take. And then I, what I would do was Nightmare. I would record 
I would record, get the first sentence, stop recording, and then start a new video, stop recording, and then start a new video. But I didn't realize I can just record the, the full thing all in one go and take as many, like, see most of my 60, 90 second videos. I'll be like, here's a fat, here's a fat loss, here's a, here's a, here's a fat loss tip that, you know, you know what I mean? It take, like, I just, I always stutter on the first sentence and then yeah. get it in the second one. And then sometimes it takes me like 10 takes. See the minute video that I have, it'll be like a 10 minute video and then condensed down into a minute because it's lots of different things. And see if you download um, CapCut or Splice or whatever you do. I think you, you mentioned you do it on your computer, do you? Because you just find it handy. I use CapCut as well. I'll, I'll go into that in a sec, but yeah. yeah. But see, see if you just tap on a certain place in your video, there's the, a tool that allows you to split it. So you just split that and then add it. Go to the next part, split it and then add it. And then I usually just... I, I keep scrolling until I get to the next part. I was like, all right, this is how many attempts it took. Oh, I'm at the next part now. I'll just go back to the previous part. I must've got it in the, the last one here and then just split that and split that. And another thing as well is people people have too much gaps in between. Like everything needs to be free flowing and cut up really well. Like you could have the best information in the world, but if the video doesn't actually flow well, like if you've cropped different videos in and there's a one second gap in between you stop stopping talking and starting talking the next sentence, it needs to flow naturally. And the cuts you can't even notice the cuts unless you're specifically looking for them so um you'll look at barry's videos and you're like fuck he's done that in like one take but you don't see that there's like five different attempts at each sentence and, and things like that so don't be afraid uh don't be afraid to do that as well and then just what you were mentioning and on specificity of the hook it needs to be like see when you're hooking the hook is the first two seconds you need you need to give you need to relate the hook to yourself or else to your audience. Talk about a personal experience or talk about how you can help that specific individual person. See this whole thing of like, here's three fat loss tips. Like every <laughs> everyone's saying three fat loss tips. No one gives a fuck. That worked at the start. Um, but even at the start, like at one of my favorite ones was like, I used to always say, here's a few ways to make a calorie deficit, not feel like a calorie deficit. Um, but like, see the, what I think now is see the whole, like three tips, five tips, um, just being really, really general. People just scroll past it straight away because it's been rinsed and repeated so many times. So see the information that you're talking about. It's not actually changing. The information isn't changing at all. If you're evidence-based, it always stays the same, but the way in which you're presenting that information changes. So you need to think what specifically about fat loss is this is this going to do like it is it helping you control your hunger is it helping you with your like whatever it happens to be and then you would be like here's a tip that's going to help you mass control or like or if you're relating it to yourself i used to have a massive appetite here's how i helped keep it under control obviously don't use that exact same one because that's like my hook it's just you're just going to sound like me there's a million and one different ways you could say that sentence and you need to think about how do you actually talk like how do you talk because see copying other people's hooks people people's like your hooks are similar to, to your own my hooks are like are all sort of similar even though they're different so people can can tell when you're just taking someone else's hook so you can't make it general and you're like oh there's only so many ways i can say this like see like what way do you talk there's a million and one different ways that you can hook people in but it needs to be really specific and you need to do it in your own way and i can't tell you what your own way is i can just tell you it shouldn't sound the same as everyone else's yeah and I think people think as well with a hook, it needs to be like the text and the screen. And like, that is probably the most common one, but a hook is a specific reason to stop like specific people from scrolling. So mm -hmm. let's say it's people not feeling confident. Let's say you make fat loss confident, fat loss content. And you're, let's say your niche is women that want to feel better in their clothes and their clothes shopping. If your hook, if you have no text over it and you have, someone looking like in a mirror in pennies or if there's a video of someone like walking into change rooms you, you probably can't do that it's probably you're probably gonna kick out pennies don't do that but just as an example if that's what you're recording and you can see their uneasy face 
those people are immediately going to stop them that like they know they're being targeted they know that video is for them mm-hmm. like people that are interested in muscle game they have no reason to stop on that video you know even if you had something as simple as like um you've t- tried diets before but something didn't work and it's the video of someone actually like you know walking into pennies not feeling comfortable with what they're wearing that's now a specific hook and it's a really creative way of doing it you just sitting there with your head to the camera saying like three tips for fat loss or three tips for um let's say this hasn't worked for you before with fat loss or something like that it's it's not unique you're not really giving people yeah. a reason to stop they're like oh, i've just seen five pts today go through this stuff why yeah. should i stop but- you the hook isn't just what you say it's what's going on in the video at the same time so if you're just talking if you're the worst thing is like when people are saying like here's some tips for like meal prep or here's some tips for your food or something like that and they're just talking directly to the camera i was like you should be showing the food like you're making a video about food don't just talk directly to a camera and like see unless you're talking about something really really engaging or something that you know is going like most people don't talk about see just talking directly to a camera unless you're james smith it's not going to work it's not going to work well at all you'll see that i rarely do it now don't get me wrong sometimes i'll have a topic and i'm like right that's not this is more of a serious topic or most most people don't hear about this so they're going to watch the video anyway but oftentimes you need to have other things going on for example you're in the gym you're doing stuff talking people through it at the same time you're doing a voiceover you have things popping up on the screen or if i'm doing a talking video it's like talking from one scene then to the next scene then to the next scene and doing things at the same time or else using an analogy and having other things going on but see just like oh hi guys um here's three fat loss tips um let's get uh, into the video so uh <clears throat> number one is you're like fuck me you've wasted 15 seconds there and yeah. something that you could have said in two seconds and see the whole um hi guys how's it going scroll you're away scroll it's like what the fuck are they getting from this video straight away what what are they getting like don't be wasting time being like oh hi how's it going everyone uh my name's uh sean and today i'm gonna be talking about fuck off sean like scrolled you're gone straight <laughs> yeah. away so you don't care about your be, name yeah it needs to be boom boom snappy to the point yeah exactly and i know people are like oh that that's kind of sad that social media is like that and in a way it is but i agree but that that's there's nothing you can do about it i i always <laughs> said that i agree like people's attention span shouldn't be that short they should be able to stay but but they're not though they're not and you're trying to grow a business and you're trying to grow a following so instead of whining and bitching oh i can't believe people only like short form content i can't believe i have to be so snappy uh why can't my long form content do well because it's not going to do well are you going to change the minds of the full entire world no exactly while they're scrolling on tiktok in the evening stopping on the videos that are like hooking them yeah (laughs) while they're doing the exact same thing it's like get with what's working at the minute like see people that complain about like tiktok and short form content it's like do what's working and then if you want long form content as well do that like for example i have two podcasts now i have the social circle podcast i'm a fitness podcast if i I may i like long form content but i'm not going to be like oh i like podcasts so much more so i'm just not going to make short form content it's like use your short form content to grow your long form as opposed to choosing one or the other yeah there's there's still a place for it and i think people like especially with the cuts this is one that like people stumble on a bit is they think, oh, I'm just going to video edit. And they think of it, video editing as like something similar, like just fixing like incorrect spelling errors on like a Word document. You have to be very meticulous about it. And that's mm. actually one of the reasons why I do it on the computer using Final Cut Pro on the Mac. Um, it sounded like I'm about to like be sponsored by it there or something. Mm. But basically, I can hear, I can see the sound bars really clearly. And I can actually, as soon as I go over, so if I press like an arrow key on my keyboard, it will like play the sound for that mm. keyframe like the like whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. noise I make and yeah. I can basically make sure that I bring 
the, the bar where I'm about to spit it right mm -hmm. before I make that sound mm -hmm. so that no, was it consonants? They're like your pronunciation words. Yeah, yeah. I have to make sure that none of them are cut out so that everyone mm -hmm. can actually understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Some people cut out their consonants and the video sounds like gibberish. I'm like, I get you've tried to trim it down here, but you fucking oh, yes. cut out. The, the cut out the first <laughs> part, it, it sounds so silly. Like it's, it sounds, people just scroll past when they see that. And I, this is all the different things that people often don't think about. It's all like, oh, he's doing this. He's he's cutting his videos. When I tried to cut my videos, that they didn't do well. It's all like, because you can't hear you fucking pronouncing the words. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes people need to lean into what they're actually good at. Like, for example, some people make them videos that are like, really aesthetic and they're like just like music and see that for the recipe videos it's like music and then shows the different stages of like a sandwich being made and to be fair i made a shit sandwich the other day and i wasn't even going to voice over it so i just i just made one of them as a tester and it done awful and the reason it done awful is because i'm i don't have a fucking art ci like i don't know how to make these fancy videos that look really good and look really like my wee sister she's class at it she showed me a video she she added it and threw together the other day but i just i don't have that so what i'm gonna do is is fucking is voiceover my videos instead but it's it's a case of like just not thinking oh that person's done it this way so i need to do it the same way it's like what is your style and then lean into it it's the same way do you ever do the talking videos the two characters i cannot do them I, yeah I, I don't i don't enjoy making them i've tried no. them but it's just it takes so much brain power for me that it just puts me off <laughs> yeah I, I i prefer like just i said this like evan's fucking class at them yeah. and so is troy and a few other people but see when i try and do them they're so unnatural i haven't tried in like a year but it's just it doesn't it doesn't work out well at all yeah they're, they're not for me and like the thing is i know it's probably it's, it's like the saying, you know, with the PTs that find your niche, it's like, oh, how do I do that? Like, it does take a lot of trial and error. You like, yes. it's mm -hmm. not just being consistent with content. It's being consistent when you're starting off anyways, being consistent with trying different types. If you scroll mm -hmm. back to my TikTok, when I started the social circle, you'll see I'm not just like stupidly consistent, like five posts a day, sometimes seven. It's also consistent with just completely different types. It's all the same message. It's all mm -hmm. like fat loss, you know, but it's, different ways of presenting it it's voiceovers it's talking head it's a combination of both it's weird analogies it's short like three second weird things i did to be honest i i didn't do trends at all i never bothered with trending sounds i just mm -hmm. said fuck all that it's just mm -hmm. it's not me uh, i just focused on trying to make the video really interesting i tried so many different things so many weird stuff i threw a fucking ball down the stairs to like sh show an analogy um some of it was like me doing like flips there was so many different things and then i found out what like really worked for me which mm -hmm. uh, for me was like the training videos for me was like some recipe videos, occasionally the odd talking head video that's really engaging. Um, and I kind of scrapped the rest then while these are still working. And I'll go through that process again at some point when these are stopping, stopping yeah. working. Yeah, that's the thing as well. Like it's always evolving and changing. See, if you look at my content, even from five months ago, five, six months ago, it's completely different. Like because I grew a following at the start and it was mostly just like voiceovers, short, snappy. And like, I probably still could be just posting voiceovers and things like that. And like, I grew millions of followers off doing that and, and, ha and had the same business as I have now. I was getting away with doing it, but I got this stage where I was sort of thinking like, am I happy just doing these voiceovers that aren't really getting that much of my personality across and are so short and snappy and like just lots of uh, recipes. And then I was like, no, I want to be doing more of the talking on the camera so I can actually take a video. And instead of making them all just so short snappy and trying to go viral, it's like, 
take a video and just talk, talk for a minute, talk for a minute and a half. And ironically, these videos have actually been even better and going more viral. But it's a, it's, it's a like you're constantly going to be refining and changing your content. You're constantly going to be trying to make it better. And even me, as someone who literally, like at that stage when I changed my content, I'd already built a business off helping other people grow their social medias. I could have been like, oh no, I know what I'm doing here. I don't need to change mine, it's perfect. But you do need to change because people get bored of seeing the same thing all the time. And it comes into it comes down to as well taking constructive criticism on board. Like some people were all like, "Lad, you, you, your videos are the same all the time." At the start, you can sort of take that to heart, and I was like, "Oh no, you don't know what you're fucking talking about, lad." I posted yeah. a different video yesterday, but then I was like, "To be fair, all these voiceovers are like, here's three tips, here's five tips. They are sort of similar." So I, so I was like, "I bought a road mic, and then I I got to work and I changed my content, and, and it worked well for me." Um, same terms of dealing with criticism online, dealing with hate. Do you do you even get much of that, or or would you? Um... I used to get for like the two years where I didn't grow, I got none. And like, I was surprised because I made some controversial content then as well. It didn't, it didn't do very well, which is probably the reason. Um, I still wouldn't think I get that much. Definitely people out there that get a bit more, but the biggest one is probably like, oh, you're too small to be given advice. My biceps yeah. are bigger than yours. I'm not going to listen to you. And I'm like, well, don't. <laughs> you just yeah. barely watch the whole video to comment on this. Like, so, mm-hmm. um, so that's the most common one. Um, to be honest, like I'd, I'd probably be lying if I said none of it gets to me. Some of it does, but at the same time, I'm just kind of accepting that that's part of social media in the same way that getting kicked in the shins is part of going to secondary school. Yeah, uh, You'll just encounter people like that and you just have to be, you're on social media, it's a world platform. You just have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You have to have like a tough tough stomach, tough head. I don't know, I don't know what it is. You yeah. have to have it and you can let that drive you to make more content or you can just sit in the comment section all day arguing back and forth with this person, wasting time when you could have made more content that would be growing you and your business. Oh yeah, I know. And it's, it's, it's so hard not to do that. Like say, especially on social circle content, people don't get the social circle, especially that, that aren't in it. And I'll be like wasting my time trying to be like, oh no, like I, you're not getting it here. Like, so, like I made a video, uh, yes, or it was a few days ago. It was a reel on the social circle. And I was telling people like my advice for 16, 17 year olds is just find something you're passionate about post TikToks and then build businesses off that. And some guy commented, nonsense, like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And I said, well, actually I do this and I do like people yeah. are building businesses and they're being extremely successful. And I was like, I'm trying to show you like, and then he just wasn't getting it. And then you were just arguing back and forth for no reason. You cannot win an argument on TikTok. You can't win an argument on Instagram. Even if you prove someone wrong, they're never going to admit defeat ever. And they're constantly going to come with something new. So again, I'm a, I'm a hypocrite here because something I've done it uh, yesterday too. Some some uh, some girl was telling me calories in, calories out isn't a real thing, and then quoting uh, uh, fucking uh, articles from Harvard, which is about calorie count- counting, which has nothing to do with calories in, calories out. And I, it, a lot of the time, you're like, this is so frustrating because you're wrong, and I'm trying to show you why you're wrong. But then at the same time, they're like, oh, this person's just not getting. It. It's like it's a constant battle of like you. Sometimes you just need to fucking let it go and just like see blocking people too, especially on TikTok, just block them. Just block them, like block, and and that's your problem solved. You know what the best one is actually. This is something that I that I do on Instagram. See if you have any repeat offenders. There's this there's this guy on my Instagram, right? And he and he just had a go at me one day for no reason, saying <laughs> about how I still live at home with my parents. And like I went onto his profile, he ha- he's got like fifteen or sixteen thousand followers, and like he seems to have a successful business. But he was constantly having a go at me. So see on Instagram, what you can do is you can restrict people. So see when you restrict people, they comment, and you can't even see your their comment unless you 
uh, choose to show it. But the best thing is no one else can see their, their comment as well. So say about at least once a week for the past year, this guy has been commenting my videos, giving me hate and trolling me. And I'm the only person that can see his comment because I've restricted his account and it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and he still doesn't know. I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> he might be. If he's going yeah. out of the way, if he's spending that much time of his day to comment on your stuff, it wouldn't be surprised if he went on to listen to the podcast. Oh, man. I don't oh, get man. it though. It, it, is, it is really sad that people take so much time out to like, I had someone insult like my content and me, like my lifestyle, and then after it said, "By the way, your bird's a dragon." It's like, what are you, I see that on, on your my story. As well? <laughs> like, what does she do? I'm like, fuck. Yeah, some people are, are fucking headers, but I, I do like ripping the deck. Sometimes it makes good story content if you just. I do. I put them on then, the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that uh, so far, this is a lot of value, especially about social media. People are going to take a lot from it. But see, from a business standpoint, so as like, say, for example, there's people listening that are maybe in business mentorships or have never been in one. You've been in two now. What have you got from each of these business mentorships? Have they been worth the money, the pros and cons, anything like that? Yeah, so they've definitely been, they've definitely been worth investing in, some of them more so than others. Like, you can it just like online coaching you can have really shit online coaches that don't you won't get a lot out of and same with same with business mentorships you can get awful ones that you'll get fuck all out of and you can get ones that will really help soar your business forward it's it is hard to actually find the right one going into it because you're not really educated on the business side of things you don't really know what to look out for obviously you have your basics testimonials and content for the love of god make sure they post consistent content and it's good if you're going to sign up with them because that's something you'll need to do um, and then also knowing someone that like that's a big thing if you know someone else that's done it like that's a sure sign as well because you trust that person which in turn you can trust the business mentor um, that's one of the reasons I signed up to Social Circle actually I was reaching out to Evan about it so that's that's one of the, the Evan's better one ways. of my main recruiters like he, he probably <laughs> DMs more people back about the Social Circle than I do <laughs> it's mad it's mad um, but yeah so the first one I did it was more of a course than a mentorship it was about two grand best one of the best two grands I ever spent in my life because I made it back in like the first two months and it just made me get on my feet with my business so people kind of look at them and think look at business investments like that and think they're a lot of money it's like it's an investment though it means you get the money back like that's the point mm -hmm. like you should only be concerned about whether or not the information is what they're telling you is something that you can implement and that you're you're the type of person that can put the work in and if you can do that you just have to let them show you how it works mm -hmm. and then it's it's going to be worth the investment you know especially if they back it up with like social proof and recommendations and things like that second one i did was like uh i'm not going to nickname drop or anything like that but it was about it was good it was about 400 500 euro a month which is i think that's kind of medium price for like business mentorships or maybe on the lower end i'm not even sure because i haven't done that many some people have done loads and i was with this person for probably a year and a half and I learned loads about ads, how to set them up, loads about the systems, loads about improving my service, but I wasn't really growing my income. So while the person was good, it wasn't what I needed to actually grow the business and get out of the rut that I was in. And I got to the point where I was kind of losing clients and couldn't pay the tax bill. I couldn't pay my tax bill this year, which was fucking mad. This year? Um, I, can, I can pay it now. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't paid, but yeah, it was a scary time. Then the other one I invested in was the most I kind of ever paid. It's uh, It was a 3,600 euro program that led up into a mentorship that was like 2,500 a month, 3,000 a month. And I was like, fuck, okay, well, there must be some reason they're charging this much. Um, I knew someone else that was doing the mentorship as well. I reached out to them. I asked about it and it was kind of ticking all the boxes to me. And I'm like, right, this is going to be a massive risk because if I spend this money and don't make it back, I'm mm -hmm. fucked. Like the business is fucked. When so did you I need that? 
I joined that um, a month after the social circle. So right. I was kind of doing it alongside. Um, so when I joined that, then I'm, I'm paying the higher, I'm paying like 2,500, 3,000 a month now uh, for this service. So it's quite a bit, but it's, it's worth every penny to me because it's really helped me be certain about what I'm actually doing going forward and implementing things really fast. The level of service is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I've went from like, part of this is from the social circle, part of this is from the course um, or the mentorship, but I went from 2.8K to 8K in two months after doing it, which mm-hmm. is quite a bit. Um, I'm full with clients now, done, done some like 9K months and next year is going to be ridiculous. Um, I'm hiring some people now as well to work under me and they have a lot of support with that side of things. They're like step-by-step how to hire people. You have kind of a whole communication thing set up. You get a lot of one-to-one calls. Um, And yeah, to be honest, like I'm making the money back, so I'm happy to continue investing in it so long as Mm -hmm. that happens. Um, You'd be much worse off paying 500 euro and making nothing back than paying 3,000 and like doubling your income every year, you know? And it's hard for people to see past that, but if you're on the call with them and they can show you exactly what your business is missing and why it's not doing well, like, Obviously, they have a salesperson on, you know, but if they can actually pick out the holes in your business and you can understand that, like it, it's something that nine times out of 10, it's probably going to be worth investing in. Like, don't sit in it, get help. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should say that, though, because I, it's good that we're getting you on for your viewpoint on the business mentorships and stuff. You were saying about don't reinvent the wheel. I technically did reinvent the wheel. I was saying uh, on the podcast with Evan, if I joined a business mentorship, it potentially could have been the worst thing to happen to me because they would have been just getting me to scale one-on-one coaching, whereas what I done was obviously the group coaching and then the recipe book and then my own mentorship, which they obviously wouldn't wouldn't have wanted me to do with the one-to-one I was doing for other PTs and things like that. And then from there, the social circle. So I just took a completely different route and obviously it paid off massively. But I do think for a lot of a lot of PTs going into a mentorship is the best bet. And I did have a mentor when I first started. Um, Tony McAlevey, you know Tony, don't you? Oh, yeah. So I went to him as for coaching, um, for online coaching, and then he he business mentored me as well. And like, if it, I would I wouldn't have a clue like what was going on. Like I didn't know like how much should I be charging for one on one coaching. Like what what should my systems be? What how should I be dealing with clients? This and that. Like what what way should I be doing check ins? So see like see if you're you have no experience in it like i was quite lucky that i got tony and this was before tony had actually launched his own mentorship so he gave me mentorship at basically the price of online pt which i was you're you're not you're probably not going to get now um but but i was lucky in that front but see people that just start coaching and they don't get any sort of mentorship they don't get any sort of coaching uh they end up not knowing what the the not knowing what to do and like obviously if there, there's people listening to there's a full pt section in the social circle that runs through my exact systems and things like that so that is that like i say for pts even if they're just starting off even without all the social media stuff like that section alone is worth worth the money because then they'll be able to see their systems and things like that what i was also talking about with evan is me and him had our our own way of doing things where we we done one-on-one coaching and then scaled up via group coaching because when we got one-on-one coaching we wanted to work with more people at a lower price point whereas i know you're very much working with uh less people than we would work with but at a higher price point and more of a higher ticket model and i said that i would definitely like to talk to you about that to give people a balanced viewpoint because it's not the way i would do things but i want you to explain like your reason what what you like about it and then just bring them through the the full process from like how like i know you're still in the process of scaling and harm but what is the process of scaling just a one-to-one uh high ticket coaching business yeah, so it's a bit more, it's probably less exciting initially, but it can then scale quite fast once you have the system set up for it. 
basically you can't like people probably wonder this with like the high ticket because it's kind of like a cringe word now in the fitness industry um but it, it's a high ticket for a reason so you can't just increase the price and call yourself high ticket if you're not actually solving any specific problems mm-hmm. like you like my niche is basically working with people that have desk jobs that have differing schedules week to week so one week's easy and one week's difficult and my service isn't just built to help people lose fat it's built to help those kinds of people manage those types of weeks so they get specific resources and education on making sure that they can manage those really difficult weeks and it works for them it's all aligned for those types of people and that's why it is the higher price so i actually charge 300 a month now at a base rate for the online coaching and i'm in a better position to help these people because it's literally set up for them and i can run them through how that works mm-hmm. i'm not going to run through the exact systems of the online coaching people are just going to rip it off completely yeah. but you basically need to find out your niche and push resources have methods in your program that solves their specific problems let's say you're working with people that are trying to build muscle and their problem is that they work uh like a busy on the road sales job you're working with salespeople and they want to build muscle and they struggle to make proper meals you could have resources or a template set up to actually work with those kind of people and solve those types of problems mm-hmm. like here's a section of the course you go through where it shows you how to take advantage of shops on the go things like that and if you build your service around if you niche it down to, to work with like specific kinds of people, you can charge higher rates. And then when you get full, you can increase your prices. You can kind of have that sold at like the program as a coaching service. We're like, we're going to get you from A to B in like four months. Four months is like my minimum time frame, And then have like a back-end program that they go to afterwards if they want to transition towards something slightly different. Mm-hmm. If you're just doing regular coaching for anyone, you can't really charge them prices because they can just say, oh, why would I? I can just go to a different coach. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a reason... Yeah. That make that makes sense. So you're saying in order to be a higher ticket coach and charge this higher price point, like I think a lot of coaches get it in their head to start like, oh, I should be charging nine nine seven for twelve weeks because that's the that's the price that co- these coaches are charging, but they don't understand like what's your specific offer and like are you ha- helping like shift workers that are managing their shift or doing yeah. things and you have resources to to help them with that. So like it's not a case of like you're just high ticket because you're charging more and not giving them anything else. That's a that's a good uh that that's a good side of it as well that maybe I didn't understand as well before. Like and I'm sure there is people as well. Like I I, I know you and I trust you, but I'm sure there is people that are just charging high ticket and not niching down and offering <laughs> these these better. And that probably gives other uh coaches um it gives other coaches that are charging this a, a bad name because of these people that are just ripping the deck and trying to charge money. But if you're actually solving people's specific problems that they can't get from other coaches, that, that's fair enough. See with, you, with your back end system. So is it a different service at a more affordable price point? Say if they do four months and then they go to this cheap, cheaper service, what's the difference with that or how does that work? So, so I don't actually have that developed yet. I'm still working on like, cause that's, I've spent like two months working really hard to make sure that it was something that was like, like high ticket basically mm-hmm. like they have daily accountability and everything if someone messaged them daily to make sure that they're hitting every single goal like the accountability is ridiculous um but it's, it's for these people so i'm just working on the first four months and getting that absolutely like their, their best experience ever the mm-hmm. back end is probably going to be something along the lines of right you've reached these goals you've gotten really good at doing this um and then for the people that want to transition let's say into maintenance while working on their strength we have this service available for you. So we'll bring you through this for the next four months. This is what it will look like. So it's not going to be suitable for everyone with the long-term plan is to have um, about 50% of the people that sign up to like the front end side of it, 
mm-hmm. re-sign up to like let's say another minimum of four months to go through the other side and it's just going to be people that are interested in a slightly different goal mm-hmm. like it could be like the strength side of things with it, it could be pushing it a bit further uh, and that, that's just my current thoughts on it it's not built out yet but there's there's going to be a system for that and uh, yeah. when that's people are wondering like oh yeah but what happens when you get like um 35 clients you obviously can't bring people on uh, you're exactly right if you keep bringing people on the service will get worse mm-hmm. i i've capped at about uh, 35 clients so it'd be like 33 to 37 it wouldn't really go out that range outside that my brain just melts if i go above 35 if i go mm-hmm. 40 my brain just starts to melt and the service starts to drop so that's where you actually need to bring other coaches on train them up exactly basically get them to do the exact same things you do, like show them how you do your check and show them your standards, show them your ethos and everything. That's fucking, it's so difficult. You would not even believe, yeah. but once you have that done, you can repeat that process for the other coaches you bring on. And then it becomes more about just making sure you're showing up to like weekly team meetings to train your staff mm-hmm. and making sure that you're picking the right people initially that are in line with your company values. So it's a lot of work on the front end, just just like the group program. It's just a different way of doing it, really. So, yeah, yeah, and I think that one thing a lot of PTs do is they talk to short term. They're all like, when they're talk when they're bringing someone on set for twelve weeks, they're like, oh, we're just in the twelve weeks, and especially if it's a fat loss phase, and they're almost talking up from the start like they're all like, oh, we'll get this twelve weeks done, and then you'll be at your goal, and then it'll be great, and you won't need me anymore. But the the fact of the matter is, see when you're transitioning to a different goal. So say for example, they're with you for twelve weeks and do fat loss. You haven't solved all of their their problems, and there's a, there's a difference between like absolutely ripping the deck and keeping someone on that that you do, doesn't need you anymore. But see twelve weeks, especially if it's fat loss at the start, you need to be talking long term with them from the start. Like, all oh, right, we're going to do fat loss, and then say for example, you're bringing their calories down. You're like, it doesn't matter. We're bringing your calories down. It might be a bit shit, but once we go on to phase two, we're going to build your calories up the opposite direction, focus on getting stronger. So I always think having multiple phases and multiple layers, especially when people start off with a goal of fat loss, and then they're going to transition to um they're going to transition to something something else it's you need to have that offering from them especially if they want to to get lifelong results so a lot of pts have it in their head like oh someone's paid me for 12 weeks i should be able to teach them absolutely everything and then they shouldn't need me at all after the 12 weeks otherwise i'm ripping the deck out of them you should be lifelong education especially from one goal into the next goal how to maintain it you should be talking long term with them at the start and trying to keep them on beyond the 12 weeks to bring them through them different phases and ideally have them on a reoccurring payment um because I think a lot a lot of coaches miss out on that. And then they're constantly trying to get new clients in and they don't have any clients that are paying them on a monthly basis. So it's that like guaranteed income. It's all like they need to close this amount of sales every month in order to to have that money coming in. So you would say very much for, in terms of scaling a one-to-one business, it's start off, find your niche, your charging, whatever. When you become fully booked and then it's just a case of bringing in that back end offering and then hiring out new coaches and obviously it does it seems like a lot of work it seems like a lot to do what's your sort of work day actually like are you are you flat out yeah absolutely well like flat out it's about 45 hours a week but i definitely do a bit of overtime like don't count it as work sometimes just replying like replying to comments things like that like anything related i do loads of that outside it mm-hmm. so none of this is including like the actual posting writing caption replying to comments even yeah. stories but um i spend about eight hours a week doing check-ins um i'd spend a good oh god it could be 10 hours on various zoom calls mm-hmm. between like client calls people that want to sign up there's not as much of them now because i'm full um and calls with i have like team meetings now and calls within the business business mentorship as well so that some of them i go to the mm-hmm. other time then would be spent i'd fill out like at least five hours for making content 
I'm only posting daily at the moment, so I can get that five hours post daily. I'll probably bring that up eventually. Um, another good couple of hours is going towards WhatsApp replies for clients, form feedback. I reply mm-hmm. twice a day. So there's probably about an hour and a half to sometimes two hours spending WhatsApp replies daily. Um, any more than that, and the business just breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's about five to six hours a week spent on improving the business. So me actually working on systems within it, mm-hmm. um, setting up things like automations, writing up like training for like the next coach that's coming on. Uh, and that used to be like one hour, but at the, if you want to scale it, it needs to go up a bit. And I'm at that, that point now where ideally you don't work with as many people. So you can spend more time managing staff and like working on the business, mm-hmm. but I'm at the crux where I'm hiring my first person. So I still need to work with all my clients yeah. while doing that. So it's a lot extra. So it's like a grind phase at the moment. Yeah. Would you say that you're you're going through a phase of a workload that's unsustainable in order to get to a stage that will be eventually more sustainable and you'll be able to step back a bit more? Because at the minute, I would very much say like the amount of work and stuff that you're doing now is like you'd, you'd burn out if you'd done that for years and years and years. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to do this for months. I plan on doing this for maybe like two more months max, ideally. Mm-hmm. Then kind of after Christmas, ideally kind of taking a bit of a break. Yeah. Um, going down to like 30 hour weeks would be lovely but uh, I know it'll be hard because if you can see like the potential in your business and you enjoy doing it and you can see that one action is going to lead to it progressing to the next step it's very hard sometimes to take a step away because you're like well I could just get this extra thing done and that would mean I'd have this ready for next week which would mean yeah. this would be ready for the end of the month uh-huh. and if you have things really well planned out it's hard but it is unsustainable in that I might start work at 8 a.m or 8 45 a.m and I might not finish to like half 7 p.m in the evening and it's dark and then even then i'm on my phone like replying to comments and things like that yeah and all of a sudden then i'm in bed to make sure i'm up i have time to like watch one episode of something on netflix mm-hmm. then it's just bed and then uh, wake up the next morning go to the gym and start work again so there's fuck all uh-huh. free time yeah my my day is it's it's the same in, in terms of workload but i would say my workload is very different than yours like i've set my business up in a way where I love I love working one on one with clients, but see check ins for me personally, they just got so monotonous. And I'm sure like sometimes it can be the same. Maybe there's more variation with your clients, but especially after you've been doing it for a year, I was like, Thanks for checking in. Here was Justin Calories. It's like I enjoy doing this and especially at the start, but I didn't want to scale my business by having to do check ins for six, twelve hours a week if I didn't have to. So that's why I decided to opt for the group coaching. And now my dad's very much like I'll get up in the morning. And before, like, it's probably not the best thing and not recommend it, but I just grab my phone straight away, go through the Facebook group, the social circle groups becoming a bit more active now. So we'll go through then uh, the Academy Facebook group, the social circle Facebook group, and then I'll head out for a walk and reply to any Academy messages with voice notes, reply to any one-on-one social media clients with voice notes, and then go through social circle DMs, reply to them with voice notes, and then... What else do I have to reply to? I'm sure I'm sure there's something else. I'm, well, I'll do all my replies <laughs> while I'm walking because then it's not like I hate sitting down and doing voice notes. Yeah. And then if it's a Tuesday, I'll have my, my check-ins from my social media and I'll do them. Like I never take on more clients than would it, it would take me to do the check-ins in my hour and a half walk. So I'll just do them while I'm walking and going through on my phone. And then the rest of the day is basically all spent recording podcasts, making content, doing different bits and pieces, um, recipes and things like that. And then I'll go through the Facebook groups again at night. And then I'll, I'll have a Zoom call once a week on, on Thursday. But then obviously I have loads of calls. Like I've done five hours worth of podcasts. So I've structured yeah. my business very much in a way where it's it's way more focus on the content 
and then obviously just being able to do everything in the morning and then the evening and then just rinse and repeating that. But it's very much a case of it depends how much I'm looking to grow my business, how much I work, because yeah. I could get away with working two to three hours a day and still be maintaining everything or even two hours a day. But if I want to grow, I'm constantly the having social the social circle. Yeah, like, like the, the social circle DMs are mad. I'm like voice noting, voice noting, voice noting. And like I, I've almost got copy and paste voice notes that I can just say straight <laughs> off the bat. So I would say me and you are very much in a stage where we're working a, a lot, but our just our work is completely different in what we're spending time doing. Um, but I think it's good to have these difference. Like, here's how Barry's doing it. Here's how Sean's doing it. This is what I would lean towards. Do you think you would ever uh, get into group coaching, or is it just you're very focused yeah. on one to one? You want to keep it at that. From an enjoyment point of view, it actually looks very enjoyable to do. I like helping. It's fucking class. It's class. And like, you see like the Zoom call on a Thursday night, like it's Zoom call tonight and it's like, it recharges me doing that because see on the Zoom call, every people, everyone's joining the academy, but the only people, like, you know the way sometimes a client's slacking and you're checking in with them, like, oh, can you get your check-in done? People have to come to me. They have to join the Zoom call. They have to message me. So you're only really messaging people and speaking with people who proactively like want to be getting results and want to be being there. So it's a, a very, it's a, an enjoyable way to do coaching, I think. Yeah, it's it's sometimes definitely want to develop down the line. It's probably going to be like a year. I really want to build out the one-to-one, have that as like an option people can go to, like nearly be known for that. And mm-hmm. then uh, probably bring in the group, invest a load of money then to the group coach and bring some of the coaches to hire to give them some tasks to do in the group and mm-hmm. make it something else as well that is uh, absolutely savage. But yeah, for, I, I want basically the advantage of the one-to-one model over the group uh, and there's definitely advantages of the group as well over the one-to-one is with the one-to-one when it's scaled with other coaches under you it's like predictable recurring monthly income whereas with the yeah. group you get like big bursts uh-huh. throughout like obviously yeah. your signups if you're smart with your money that's probably not an issue but mm-hmm. it's it's basically one benefit uh with the group side of things in an ideal world if you have the time and you've proper staff set up running both at like a high level is probably really good but that's very very difficult i wouldn't just start both i think uh, yeah well no I, I agree i agree with you wouldn't just start both but i think for you like for me i wouldn't go back to one-on-one fitness coaching because i do the one-on-one um business like and i do the one-on-one business and social coaching and even though i don't say i don't charge high tech for fitness fitness coaching obviously i charge high tech for that i charge a few round for that but that's something like i have that and then i have the social circle and then i have recipe book and then i have the academy so if i was in a case where i didn't have social circle didn't have one-on-one social coaching didn't have a recipe book i would 100 percent do it be doing one-on-one fitness coaching looking to scale that looking to bring on coaches and then do group coaching at the same time it's just because our businesses are set up differently but i definitely think having multiple different income streams and reliable income is the smartest thing to do and so even with the, the challenges in the group coaching, yes, it's a burst of income when you're launching, but then when people, people are staying on after the launch, like a lot of people are staying on and then they're going to monthly reoccurring. So it's not like it's you're only getting burst, you're always getting that monthly and then you're getting that on top. But I think for you, within the next couple of years, growing out your um one-on-one scale in that and then bringing in coaches and then having a more affordable group coaching option for people, I think that'll that'll be the best bet. See, um, at the minute, what is your downtime? What do you do apart from work and socials? And I hate this question because I don't do anything, but uh, <laughs> you can answer it. Uh, I'm watch, re-watching Game of Thrones at the moment. I mm. might watch one episode a night if I have time. Usually what about House of Dragon? Did you watch it? I watched that. Fucking yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I it. thought it was... Far- Loads of people were complaining about it. I really liked Watch. it. I thought it was... Yeah. I got into things way quicker than Game of Thrones did. Yeah. I, I really liked it. But um, maybe it's people that read the books. I don't know. I didn't read the when's, books. When's the next season coming out for that? Do you know? Oh, 2026, I think. 20, 26? Yeah, 
it's fucking ages. That's why fuck? I'm rewatching Game of Thrones, man. <laughs> how, how the fuck can there be that long of a game? I'm never really going to have to wait that long between that yeah. season and the next season. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But the business will be set by that point. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you'll just be watching <laughs> yeah. House of Dragon. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fucking living in a House of Dragon. But yeah, that's a uh, that's one thing. Uh, the other is I'm playing God of War Ragnarok that just came out for like an hour an evening if I'm lucky. Um, I used to do parkour in the evenings, but in Ireland that's just a no go with the yeah. winter. Um, mm-hmm. So now on the weekends I will basically just go to the cinema plan for the week, do the shop, work. Like, it's incredibly boring. Go mm-hmm. for a walk if it's not pissing rain. I'll probably go for a walk now at lunch, but it looks like it's about to rain, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's actually really difficult to do the work that I'm doing and not have anything exciting kind of coming up on the weekends for winter because it's like you're doing all this work and not getting rewarded for it immediately. What's yeah. called delayed gratification. But I know once I'm through this work phase, I'm actually moving to Lisbon next year. I'm going to bring in all these, like, I can do parkour, you know, after that. Ah, uh, yes, Paddy was telling me. More after work, mm-hmm. like, so many other things I'm going to bring in and just to improve quality of life. Mm-hmm. At the moment, it's just, like, I'm like a fucking monk. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I'm the exact same. Like, a lot of people, like, will look at, like, Inspire to be what we have in terms of following in business, but our day to day, like, I seen one of my plans, like, my daily planner from 2020 when i first started and the day looks exactly the same it's like make a tiktok do this read a chapter etc et so we're like see what you're doing on a daily basis no matter how much you grow your following and no matter how much you grow um your business you're still doing the same things it's still quite boring and, and if you are being successful and growing you're not living the lifestyle of like being on a, on a beach and doing this and that and like you can get there eventually and you probably could do that but if you're looking to <clears throat> grow your business massively it needs to be just work, 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 work and not much else going on. But I do think that having downtime and rewarding yourself for work is an extremely important thing to do and something that I probably don't do uh, enough. To be fair, I did go to Marbella and things like that and that was that yeah. was nice. Um, But at the minute, I just haven't been doing it enough and I've almost been like, I can never switch off and I'm always thinking about work. I'm always thinking about content. And it's not that I feel guilty if I'm not working, but if I, if I spend a full day and I don't do anything, even if it's Sunday, I'm like, holy fuck your business is going down the shitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. So something that I need to work on personally is scheduling more downtime. And I like that you mentioned about like playing, playing the games in the evening because like most people are all like, oh, successful people don't play video games. They just do the work unless they're like, you're yeah. not working every hour of the day and I guarantee you're scrolling on TikTok or, or Instagram. So what I think I'm going to do today actually is go to Tesco and buy the new Call of Duty because it's something that I used to play flat out. I was tempted. I was going to buy a brand new PS5. I was literally about to buy it last night and I was like, I'm going to Australia in January. I'm going to buy a PS5 oh, and then yeah. just leave it behind. So I'm going to buy Call of Duty um, for the PS4 just, and I'm going to sp- play it at the weekends and I'll play it for maybe, I probably won't play it in the evenings because I, I go to the gym real late at night, but that's something, that's a goal that I've set for myself. I was like, uh, your goal is to, to play Call of Duty. You need to allow yourself to do that. But I think it's, it is so important to, to have this downtime scheduled in so you don't completely burn out. Yeah, you like there's there's no way you'll avoid going through phases of the absolute fucking grind, but just don't keep them too long, or you'll just it's actually not going to be worth it. Like the reason you're working for yourself is to have a better quality of life, yeah, not a worse one. So like obviously have growth phases or whatever, but fucking yeah, reward yourself. Like mm-hmm. remember why you actually started working for yourself, trying to go your own business. Because if not, you but you might as well just get a regular job and get the yeah. benefits of that with way more downtime. You finish work at five, you come home, you rest the rest of the day, gone. That's, no, what, that's what I said. Like that, that. Yeah, I say that all the time. Like there's so many benefits to 
a nine to five. Like if you start working for yourself, it's not nine to five anymore. It's a 24 seven. So you have to be willing to do that. But at the same time, you need to remember you're doing this because you want a better quality of life and you need to you need to plan things. And especially soon, once you hit big milestones, your first 2K months or 3K months or 5K, 10K, reward yourself for it. Do something nice, go out for a meal. Like, yeah. you know, you need to you need to do these things. Otherwise, life is just constantly work, work, work and nothing else. And fuck me, I'm such a hypocrite saying this in a podcast because this is something that I need to work on myself. I don't I don't have much else going on. Like, I, I don't go out with that. Like, I, it sounds bad, but I've sort of isolated myself socially as well because my yeah. friends, I love them, but they just they're just start drinking stuff all the time. And I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't want to waste time doing this when I could be growing my business and my socials. But that's why I want to go to Australia too, because I think I'll make new connections there. So don't listen to me saying like, oh, you need to be rewarding yourself. And, and then you're also listening to me saying, oh, I'm working X amount of hours per day and like not having a social life. It's like, I'm working on stuff, even though that I know it's the right thing to do. And I'm telling you to do it. I'm still working on it myself. I think we've um basically covered it just through our conversation. But the last question if you can just give a, a quick answer um because we have we, we basically put together a plan for you but what is <laughs> what is your your plans for the future what do you want to achieve from a social media standpoint and a business standpoint and life in general january on the 5th i'm moving to lisbon because fuck ireland and it's shit weather mm-hmm. um from a business point of view i want to scale to the point where i have about five coaches under me next year um and then maybe reassess and decide what is what I can actually do the year after. I'm thinking 10 coaches, but it, it could be more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to build a group program at some stage, but it's not going to be next year. Um, I would like to, I'd like to do public speaking to over a thousand people. That's been a goal of mine for a while. And for a while, it's just been the back of my head been impossible. Mm-hmm. I've done public speaking before. I'm not too bad at it, but to get the numbers, it'd be a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to hit a million followers at some stage on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's like a cool checkpoint. It's a marker of all the work I put in for content and like the amount of people that actually trust me and like like what I watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it for now, to be honest. I obviously want to be in a position where if I want to just pack up and move to any country and live anywhere, I can do that within reason mm-hmm. to like live a certain lifestyle, be able to go to parkour gyms, things like that, be able to partake in activities i enjoy and i'm not bound by like things like fucking recession and whatnot yeah that that's about it yeah no that that's definitely it's a cool position to be in where like obviously the cost of living crisis and things like that like people are getting hit bad by that but it's nice to be just be like i built a business it's not gonna affect me at all and yeah. like you can just Pretty do these up. things and like obviously it is tough for people but like if you're if you're building a successful business and you're looking to grow online, you should be aspiring to be someone that doesn't have to worry about this. And also you can be in a position where your family don't have to worry about that either because they know that you always are going to have money. You're always going to be able to support them, even if shit hits the fan and the, the price of fuel. So yeah, I always think that's a good goal. I'm sure people know where to find you. I'll put it in the show notes anyway, but where do you want to, to direct people for your content? Instagram or TikTok at Barry's Buds. Any uh, podcasts coming? Nah, Paddy's been pushing for one, trying to do a group one, but yeah, I think you should do it. Nah, it's just a time sap for me at the moment. Uh, There's so much work been put into like the business and developing it. Yeah, Uh, I say at the moment it's not something I'm like it's an absolute no. But through this phase up until Christmas, Mm -hmm. no, it's just going to be like guests, guests on other people's podcasts after Christmas potentially as like a recurring thing. Podcast coming 2023. Barry and Paddy, the joint podcast. Heard it here first. Fuck me over now. <laughs> Paddy's already <laughs> fucked me over by putting his story. Everyone spam Barry with messages to start a podcast with me. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming on, mate.
No worries, lad. It's been great.